1: Back here on Radio for Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. Mere days out from Elimination Chamber. We are back here in the States after a great weekend in Montreal. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you holding up? Bonjour! <laughs> you wish you were back in the country right now, don't you?
0: Oh, God, it was such a great weekend. I wish we could go back, honestly.
1: Great weekend. We recorded on-site in Montreal, just mere miles away from the arena on Saturday night. Go back and check it out with the... Uh, WrestleRant alum Jamie Lee Mack and his friends Brandon and John joined the show for the first time had a great time with him he's been on the show Many, many, many times, dating back probably to the first time that you were on the show almost 10 years ago at this point, which is crazy. Uh, Great to finally meet him in person, get him on the show, so check out our Elimination Chamber preview from last Saturday, talking all things WrestleMania. We're talking Elimination Chamber today, our on-site report from the pay-per-view, as well as all the speculated matches for WrestleMania, and we're also going to be talking Dynamite from this past week. We haven't talked a lot of Dynamite AEW in recent weeks. Um, Not that this week was the most eventful show, but there was quite a bit of stuff going on, and we have Revolution coming up next weekend. It, it feels like it's way too soon to have another pay-per-view, but I guess it's been four months since AEW had their yeah. last big show.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of sneaking up on us, too. I feel like that's maybe another thing I didn't even think about. Like, when I knew Animation Chamber was coming up, I was looking at their schedule, and I saw that Revolution was a few months away, and then I feel... When I looked at Dynamite last week, I saw they started having like the graphic on the on the Tron. that was like, Re- Revolution coming up, and I looked, and it was two weeks away, and I was like, crazy, because I feel like it's been a pretty lackluster build on that end.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we'll talk about AEW momentarily. I really liked a lot of the string of shows they put together in the month of January. They really haven't had a strong streak of shows lately in the last couple of weeks, dating back to when the Guns won the tag team titles on Dynamite two weeks ago, but we'll talk about Dynamite soon enough. I uh, will also talk about some big news that dropped late last week that we kind of alluded to, I think, during the show last week on Saturday about Kenny Omega potentially being courted by WWE. Jay White officially gone from New Japan. Um, I don't know what his contractual status is with them, but we'll talk about an update on him. Kota Ibushi may be coming in. WWE could be getting some very big stars, even if they landed one of them would be awesome, and they have a lot of talent in the pipeline as well, so uh, a lot of stuff to look forward to. WrestleMania in just five weeks from this coming weekend, so again, a lot to get to today and next week and the weeks to come as well. Uh, We'll start with Elimination Chamber, because we were there last Saturday, had a great time. What were your overall impressions, Mr. Marceau, from the pay-per-view?
0: It was an electric night, Um, probably my favorite show I've ever been to. Wow! Maybe maybe stretching it, but... I mean, especially non-WrestleMania, I would definitely put it up there, Um, even if you include WrestleManias, just the crowd itself was ridiculous. Um, Even SmackDown, I feel like SmackDown was great too, just because the crowd was going crazy, but as a whole, I thought it was probably the best non-WrestleMania show I've ever been to.
1: That's crazy, and that says a lot too. We've been to a lot of shows, a lot of Raw, SmackDowns, B-level pay-per-views. You're telling me that Hell in a Cell 2016 isn't in the running?
0: Eh, if, we're by, <laughs> if we're going by, like, biggest disappointments, it might be up there.
1: Okay, that, that's a different list for a different time, but, no, it was a great show, and like I've said before, obviously, you've never been to Elimination Chamber, I've never been to Elimination Chamber, we've practically been to every other show, we've been to all the Big Four shows, right, you went, wait, yeah, you've been all four, big. yeah, you've been to Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, you hadn't been a Survivor Series until we went a couple of years ago, but, uh, um, yeah, we, we've been to all Big Four, you've even been to Armageddon, we're going back a ways, but... Money in the Bank, Hell in the Cell, um, all these other different shows they do throughout the year. Extreme Rules we've been to a time or two, but never Elimination Chamber until Saturday. And typically, Elimination Chamber is really not an overly eventful show. And it's not even like any championships change hands on Saturday. But the build was so great. The crowd was electric in Montreal. Uh, We knew that going in, but it wasn't really... You couldn't really feel that energy until we were in the building on Saturday. We felt it on SmackDown as well, like you said, the night prior for that Sami Zayn segment specifically, which I went back and watched um, when I got back on Sunday from your place. And both that, the promo from Sami on SmackDown, and I haven't gone back and watched the full match yet. I think the match with Sami and Roman comes across even better on the on TV than it does in the arena. I mean, from where we were standing towards the end, we didn't really get a great view. I know you got a better view than I did, but I got to go back and watch it because it was really great. They had a tremendous uh, match of the year candidate in the main event. Um, But it was a really, really great show. Typically, though, the Elimination Chamber throwaway show... Isn't really anything overly newsworthy as we head into WrestleMania, but they did a great job of making it feel must see. And we got five good to great matches on this show. So we'll start with the opener here the Women's Elimination Chamber matchup, with Asuka emerging victorious as the new number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. She outlasted Carmella, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, and Natalia, Canadian, uh, Canada's own. And what was a very good chamber match? Probably the best women's chamber yet. I know the bar isn't very high. Um, I actually really liked last year's chamber. It felt a bit rushed. That was the one in Saudi Arabia. Uh, we haven't had a lot of great women's chambers, but we haven't had a lot of, men, you know, many of them, period. But I thought this one was quite good. Had the right result. I know you aren't on the same page as far as Asuka winning, and that's totally fine. Do you want to get your thoughts on that and the match itself?
0: thought it was a good match. Um, I guess my biggest b- complaint of the match was that Oscar clearly was the favorite going in, and just like, I don't know, like, it's like the same thing with the Royal Rumble. I don't love, like, the favorite coming in last. It just kind of leaves, not the suspense, but it's just not as impressive when she comes in last. Everyone's already been there for a a decent amount of time. She kind of just, like, picks up the scrap heap. It's just like the Royal Rumble. Like, Cody won. He says, oh, yeah, I outlasted 30 other guys. Like, did you? You came out last, and there was probably, like, 10 people in the ring at the time, so... It, it is what it is. I mean, I think everyone knew she was going to win. Um, it is it is what it is. I thought it was a good match though overall. I was a little upset Liv was the second person eliminated. I know she's over in Canada, but Natalia, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> it's just one of those things. I, 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 it's, I feel bad for Liv because I feel like she was kind of – it was not even the kind of. She was. She was, just got the championship right when Triple H took over. Her booking has kind of been, like, all over the place. She wins the belt. She has those two kind of fluky wins against Ronda. Lose the belt to Ronda. Then she's crazy. She's putting people through tables. Then we don't see her ever again. And then now she's kind of seemingly seems like she's getting pushed on SmackDown. Um, I'm not sure if she needs, like, a to move to Raw in the draft or something. I mean, that SmackDown women's division has been the same six faces for the last year. So, I'm assuming some kind of shakeup would be necessary. But, uh I felt bad for her being the second one eliminated. I feel like she had a good reaction and probably should have lasted a little bit longer. But Oscar beating Carmella made sense. Carmella's not going to win. Um, have, her, have her tap out a heel. The crowd went nuts. So, but that was a good match, though. I just didn't love how Oscar came out last.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like you said, with the men's rumble specifically, they switched it up with the women's rumble by having the favorite and Rhea Ripley come out first. And then she won the entire thing. Also by beating out Liv Morgan to win the whole thing at the end. Uh, Liv Morgan was done dirty last week. She lost the six-woman tag team match on Raw. Of all the people that get pinned in that match, it was her. I guess you're not going to pin Raquel, who is more protected than Liv, but still, she got e- she ate the pin in that match and not Natalia. On SmackDown, she lost to Asuka when we went, one-on-one, and then she was one of the first people gone in this match, actually. She didn't last until the very end. It was down to Carmella and Asuka, which was fine because they're telling a story with Asuka and Carmella. It's like an interim TV feud. They're having a match next week on Raw. Carmella's been playing her role really well since coming back. Uh, Liv Morgan was just the odd woman out, but what do you think her, for Liv, now that we're on the subject of her, what do you think her road to WrestleMania looks like? Do you think with people like her, Raquel, who we had a chance to chat with, and I'll put up the interview at some point um on the YouTube channel, but she was great to chat with both on camera and especially off camera to both of us. She was awesome. I want to see her do well. What What do you think like, the road to WrestleMania consists of for them? Do you think they just get paired up because they've been teasing an alliance and they get put in like a number one contender's tag team match at Mania? I don't really see another prominent match for Morgan and Mania, and I think she deserves to be on the card. Um, after being champion last year and getting really over.
0: Yeah, it's it's very hard to say. Um, and that's like I feel like it's so not stereotypical, so lazy. Like, oh yeah, put her in the uh, women's May Young, whatever they call it, the Battle Royal. I don't even know if they did it last year, but I mean, she deserves to definitely be on the card. I just don't really know exactly where you put her. Like I said, maybe they do. they did a few years ago and like the i think it was WrestleMania 36 like the first night they did like the the first uh number one contenders for the tag team belts and then the second night they had the match for the championships that's right 36 right
1: they did that at 37 i think
0: okay my bad 37 but uh i mean i guess you do that because like you said i feel like her and raquel definitely should be on the card i think it'd be a big mistake to not have them on there but besides that i I mean, they're not going to face each other, obviously. Or I don't see them facing anyone else, really, just for the for the heck of it. So, you'd, you would have to do something like that. I think they're both big big enough that you wouldn't want to put them in a battle aisle. But, I mean, it seems like that might be the case.
1: It's almost comical that Liv has had, has had as many shots of the tag team titles as she has. And I don't think she's won it yet, has she? Has she been a former tag team champion? I don't think so.
0: No, she lost with Rhea and she lost with... Um, who else was she teaming
1: with? She teamed with Ruby, obviously.
0: Yeah, but she teamed with didn't she team with someone else? She teamed with
1: Rhea. Rhea and Tegan Knox as well.
0: Yeah, I mean I know she lost <laughs> with Rhea, obviously, and then she lost <laughs> with someone else too, but I can't, I can't I can't think of who it was. But like, so maybe Tegan, honestly. But yeah. Yeah, were they gonna do her and Raquel and they're gonna lose again? I
1: mean she's just don't I don't work. know, they is live is one of those people that they like to put with a partner and have her lose. It's I mean her and Ruby, the fact that the Riot Squad never got a tag team title run at all in any incarnation of that group, on any brand, considering the belts have been around now for four years, and a lot of teams that have held it aren't exactly teams. is just comical. I mean, it's it's sad, but, um, you know, at this point, now that the ship has sailed on that, her and Raquel can win the belts, and, you know, cool for her. It really should have happened with Ruby when Ruby was still there. But regardless, I do like Liv. I would like to see her do something. I don't know. I just feel like with the women's divisions on Raw and SmackDown, there's so many talented women, and this is why I don't really mind the Chelsea Green stuff, because... I feel like they need to do a better job of normalizing feuds in those divisions that aren't over championships. The tag titles mean absolutely fucking nothing. I mean, that's just an excuse to get a tag team match on the card and then pretending like the titles on the line actually mean something. Spoiler alert, they don't. I would like to see more stories in The Division that aren't over titles. Like, what they're doing right now with Oscar and Carmella is brief, and it's not going to last long with Carmella trying to dodge Asuka, and they've been telling that story since she came back a few weeks ago. I like that a lot. I feel like we need more stuff like that. And they were doing that, like you said, with Liv and Sonya. After Liv lost the championship, she was crazy. She beat Sonya in a pretty good match on SmackDown back in November, I think, and then it was, it was nothing. She just never showed up again after that, and if she did... It wasn't really doing anything of note, so uh, we need more stuff like that. They have it with the men. I don't know why we don't have it for the women. I think, like, the Mandy Rose Sonya feud a couple years ago was great. Like, that was based off of personal animosity, and they had a really couple, some really good matches. So I would like to see that more with the women and not just, oh, number one contenders matches and six-pack challenges. And if you're not going for the main title, it's back to the tag title. Like, it's just, to me, it's lazy, and they have enough women at this point where you can do more stories outside of the title picture. That makes sense. Like, they, they did it years ago. When SmackDown first, they brought back the brand split in 2016. You probably remember this, but not going to lie, they had a Nikki Bella and Natalya feud that was actually pretty good, and they had some really good matches. Mickey James and Becky Lynch, when Mickey first came back to the company in 2017, they had a really good non-title feud back at that point. Uh, Carmella and Nikki Bella, when they first did the brand split, also had a really good feud on SmackDown. So more of that, please, and not this laziness where, oh, if I'm not going for the main title, then I go for the tag titles. Like, it just who gives a shit? Um, but we go from that to the... What was after that? Oh, Brock and Bobby. I know you missed the match because you were in the bathroom again food and stuff, but <laughs> you didn't really miss much. It was a finisher spam fest when all of maybe two or three minutes. Um, I liked it. It was what it needed to be. But the problem is that from these two, and I don't think we're getting a fourth match in Mania, unfortunately, at least not one-on-one, I wanted an actual competitive 10-minute match. And I guess the Rumble match last year, I guess it was... I don't know how long that match was. Were you going to say something? I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. They, they heard something. Um, I thought they had a match. They had a match at the Rumble last year that I thought was competitive. Maybe not. And if it was, it just wasn't very good. The crown jewel match in this match are just short. and, and just, They're energetic, but they're just way too short, filled with nothing but finishers. I want more creativity in these matches from Brock. Uh, we got that a little bit in the Roman Reigns SummerSlam match, but we just haven't had a lot of that from Brock in the last few years which is unfortunate, although I love his character stuff. But anyway, the match was what it needed to be. Um, we did get a non-finish. It didn't go to a no contest like I thought, or no hurt business interference. It was just uh, Bobby locking on the hurt lock on Brock, Brock not being able to escape, and kicking Bobby in the deck as dick uh, in- instead of the other way around for once. And it was Bobby getting low blowed, and Brock got DQ'd. And then he laid out Bobby and the referee twice afterward with F5s respectively. So... That was that. I mean, it was kind of what it was. So, I know you didn't really see the match, but just your thoughts on that development. And not only that, but like we talked about on the show last week, Bray Wyatt on SmackDown last Friday saying, oh, I want the winner of Brock and Bobby. Does this mean yeah, he gets... I mean... I don't get it.
0: I, I didn't see the match. I, honestly, I saw, I, I saw him kick Bobby in the nuts. That was all I saw. I was in the bathroom, and like you said, I was getting food at the time. I could hear everything. I knew exactly what was happening. You could just tell by the crowd reaction. It was this big move fest. Because you just hear it like whoa, and then one, two, oh! So you knew like yeah. it was either like spears or suplexes or F five. So honestly, I feel like even though I missed it, I knew exactly what was going on. So that's not a huge deal. Um, the DQ clear out Bobby and the referee like that's cool and all. And just I honestly don't really care to see Bobby and Bray. It seems extremely random, and I just don't care. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I'd rather see Bobby and. And, and, and Brock 4 at that point, than rather see see Bray and Bobby. Just it's extremely random. I don't really overly care to see it. I I, I don't know. I feel like Wyatt coming back, like it's great and all, but I don't know. What are we doing I honestly, here? I know you said you know. I I'd honestly rather see him versus Uncle Howdy than than Bobby versus him. I just it does nothing for me, honestly.
1: I feel like it, with all these people that you mentioned, Brock, Bray, Bobby. Um, all this stuff, howdy, it's, it's a more, Omos, it's a pick your poison type situation because none of these matches really sound appealing at all. Um, to me, the only match, and I've been saying this for a while, I feel like they should have done a non-finish here for Brock and Bobby, and they did, technically, I mean, it was a non-finish, I thought it would be a draw, but whatever. Um, you build to a, maybe not necessarily a fight pit, especially if they're doing Hell in the Cell of Mania, which it looks like they are, with Edge and Finn Balor, um, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, maybe you could do one on one night and one on the other, but I don't know. Either way, you do some sort of stipulation match, and I don't really give it a shit who wins, but you need a definitive conclusion. Um, their last couple of matches haven't exactly, none of their matches actually, from Brock and Bobby, have had a clean finish. The first one, Roman interfered and, and Bobby won that way. The second one, Bobby or Brock barely eked out a win against Bobby, and then Bobby beat him up afterward, and this one ended in a DQ. So I don't know why they can't just book a clean finish with these two. It's not going to harm either guy. Even if Bobby, Bobby loses, like at this point, he's protect- he's been built up enough where I don't really think it matters. And Bobby, or rather Brock needs definitive wins anyway after losing so much in the last year and a half. But um, yeah, I just don't really understand what they're going for here. Brock and Bobby, or well, there's so many B names here. Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley. It's it's so random. I don't even really see their styles clashing. I don't know what the reason for that match would be other than oh, look, we gotta get them on the card. That to me is more appealing than I know you said Bray and Howdy. I I I, I know you would want to see that. I agree with that to an extent, because at least that makes sense. The fuck is this Lesnar Yeah, We'll talk about this now because then we'll, we'll kinda of mend it in with the Raw review. Omas came out on Raw with MVP in the back, I guess, saying that he's challenging Brock to a match at WrestleMania. And Brock will be on Raw next week to accept or decline or at least respond. I mean, we all thought this was a this was a red herring, but you know, Meltzer saying, Oh, it's obviously happening. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know if it's that obvious. I mean, it could be a red herring. I just for all the good that Triple H has done booking wise, not only just in general, but especially leading up to Mania, with matches that I do want to see, I feel like the Brock and Bobby stuff just is a slam dunk, you do them against each other. Bray and Uncle Howdy, it, the storyline has sucked up to this point. I mean, it was interesting early on, but it's really lost my interest lately. Um, at least that's a match that makes sense. Uh, with the women tag team and stuff, we'll get into it. But Lesnar and Omos, I'm sorry, that just sounds awful. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Oh
0: my god, that's all I can do. All I can do is laugh. When I he came out, or like you said, he was in the back, and he said, you know what, we're going to challenge Brock Lesnar... At WrestleMania for Omos, I legit laughed and said, this can't be true. It can't and be. And I texted you and you said, no, you know, this has to be a joke. It's probably a swerve. And then it's seemingly we're probably getting this. So, Ugh. I mean, I don't want to see it. Don't want to pay to see it. I don't want to watch it for free. Maybe if they give me a $10 credit to the shop, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch it or want to watch it. But. Like I said, if if Omos was undefeated, maybe. He is not undefeated. He has lost to Strowman. He came back to the Rumble, was thrown out in minutes. He beat Elias, who no one cares about. So why should anyone care to see him versus Brock Lesnar when you know in the end of the day it's probably going to be a three to five minute squash. Brock wins LOL and we move on. It's literally at that point getting Brock on the card, facing a monster or freak of nature, just like, oh, my God, Brock, and he, it's a, a casual, like, oh, my God, is Brock Lesnar going to be able to do this? They're probably F5 Omos. The people will fucking throw babies in the air and we'll move on. But <laughs> as a booking standpoint, no one that actually watches the product has any interest in seeing this match at
1: all. I, I also just think it's a colossal waste of Brock Lesnar. I mean, how many matches does he have left? I'm not saying he's out there working 20-minute classics. I mean, he probably could have a, a, a lot of matches left in this style that he works at this point. But how many years does he have left? How many matches does he have left on his deal? You're going to waste one of those matches at fucking WrestleMania with El Mas? Look at Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania resume, sir. Look at this. He's beaten The Undertaker's undefeated streak. He has faced him. He faced even Dean Ambrose. That was the last non-title match that he had at WrestleMania a few years ago. Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns multiple times. Kurt Angle. Um, Goldberg. Came back and faced Triple H at WrestleMania. Uh, Goldberg uh, Goldberg twice I guess he's had a lot of wrestleMania rematches um who did he face at 18 Roman reigns <laughs> 19 I already must remember he's faced a lot of the same people uh, yeah, drew, he's drew, a lot of rematches. yeah a lot of rematches drew McIntyre and then Roman reigns so he's faced a lot of the same people um but still that's a lot of top level talent in the last 20 years you're gonna throw Omos's name on there come on dude that's just a waste of time it's it's not an attraction. You, you, like you said, people will throw babies in the air when he hits the F5 on Omas. Does anyone really care that much? Um, I, I fear to think what the build is going to look like. I mean, if they're announcing this on Raw, I mean, I don't want to complain too much until it's set in stone. Because like you said, it, it looks like it is happening, but we don't know what's happening until it's happening. I really hope this is an angle. I don't even like the idea of Lesnar and Wyatt. That just sounds like it sucks to me on paper. I just feel like any combination of these guys against each other just does not sound good, specifically Wyatt and Omos especially. Um, (laughs) I think Wyatt and Omos might even be worse. Let's not give them any ideas. Uh, I just feel like Brock and Bobby is a slam dunk. Not that it's overly exciting at this point. We've seen it three fucking times. But at least it would make sense from a storyline standpoint. Listen, I know people aren't exactly thrilled with Edge and Balor continuing that. But again, it makes sense, though. It makes sense because they've they've told the story for so long. Balor hopefully gets his win back. I don't know. That just makes sense to me. But whatever. it just uh, It is what it is. But let's talk about it. Edge and Beth Phoenix, uh, they faced and actually beat the Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. That surprised me. But all the results on this show, that surprised me the most. Um, But it was a fun match, though. It wasn't exactly perfect. It did have a couple messy moments. But overall, it was a lot of fun. The crowd was into Edge. Um, They did emerge victorious. They shatter machine. Shout out to FTR, who, I mean, it's not exactly, oh, FTR's coming back. I mean, they might be. But it has nothing to do with that. Edge is close with uh, Dash Wilder from the North Carolina area, I think. I think they both live there. And he helped his foot in the WWE years ago. So that's the connection. Um, But overall, I thought it was a fun match. Rhea Ripley, thankfully, was not pinned. And um, we are getting the continuation of Edge and Balor at WrestleMania, which we kind of have to, because people are saying, oh, why are we getting this again? Because what else do you do? I mean, they've done everything else, and there's nothing really more that Edge can do right now that would make sense for him to transition into. So I'm fine with one more match, and especially if he had a little step on there, maybe hopefully Balor wins. I mean, Balor got pinned at Elimination Chamber. I know Edge lost at the Extreme Rules I Quit match many months ago, but... I feel like Balor's got to go over in the end, and I think he will. Um, but I thought this match was fun, and personally, I'm perfectly fine with the feud continuing into WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, I thought this was a good match. I will say, I think we all were pretty surprised that they won. I thought, I mean, I knew Edge or, I didn't think Edge would get pinned, but I honestly thought they'd have Rhea beat Bath. I mean, they could throw on a resume, she beat Phoenix, whatever. It didn't happen. It's not the biggest deal, but I was a little surprised they won. I think we all picked. The judgment data went on. Or maybe it was one of those we thought it was going to happen. They just kind of, swir- not swerved us, but they kind of did something else. So it kind of gives, like, Balor a bit so that he wants to fight Edge again. Obviously, what happened on Raw, they kind of continued it there. But, I mean, I thought for the match, it was, I mean, people are into it. Obviously, Edge is Canadian, so the crowd is going pretty crazy for him. Um, but, no, I think this is, I mean, compared to Omos and Brock, I'd I'd take Finn and uh, Edge three more times before I see that one. <laughs> I have no complaints on that
1: end. (laughs) No, I agree. I think the match will be pretty good as well. I mean, I thought the I Quit match was good. People, I think some people actually thought it was better than I thought it was. And I was there. I don't know. Maybe just came across better on TV. The finish was great. But I think the rematch could be better. Edge has has had some great Hell in the Cell matches with Seth Rollins and uh, Undertaker many years ago. So I do think that'll be a great match. Um, Yeah, you mentioned Beth not getting pinned by Rhea. I'm fine with that. I think if Rhea wins a WrestleMania, I'm not going to say when. This company is... Even with Triple H in charge, it can be unpredictable, so I don't want to assume anything until that happens. Let's say Rhea becomes champion. I think Beth would be the perfect either first opponent for Rhea coming out of Mania, or like a SummerSlam type opponent, because I would like to see more from them one-on-one. Beth can still go, even though she retired 10 years ago, hasn't wrestled a match, Edge said, during the press conference in a year and a half. Um, Not a year and a half, but a year and a month since the day one mixed tag match against Miz and Maurice back in uh, January of last year. But, um, yeah, I think a Rhea and Beth singles program is also inevitable, and I would like to see that for the SmackDown Women's Championship at some point, based on Beth's tag team win over Rhea here.
0: Yeah, I think it would be like a nice, uh, f- like a filler feud maybe, or like I said, I don't know if I'd say SummerSlam. but I just, I'd rather focus on other established people on the roster. Mm-hmm. But I think similar to what they did with Becky when she faced Lita, I feel like you could slot Beth in uh, like a mid-card or a uh, like transitional pay-per-view and have... Every face Aaron kind of put another notch in her belt. So I would go with that, like, kind of ask. But SummerSlam are the big shows I'd leave to, to someone on the roster trying to build up.
1: Raquel Rodriguez?
0: Yeah, I, I, her and Raquel, I, or, well, I wouldn't hate that for for SummerSlam. We just got to see if they're both going to be on SmackDown at that time. I think they said their draft's going to be after WrestleMania, and like I said earlier, I think the SmackDown women's division does need a big shakeup.
1: Did, did you see something I didn't about the draft being after Mania, or just assuming?
0: I thought that someone had mentioned that previously. Um, oh, I, mean, um, I know they said that sense. a while ago.
1: I don't know if there's been any update. Yeah, I don't know.
0: But uh, well, I mean, I think it makes sense. I, I I feel like they do need. I feel like WrestleMania is technically either the beginning or the end of the year. I mean, do you need that SmackDown division? Just I think I've seen the six man challenge too many times. So I'm just like <laughs> have a PTSD at this point.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I've said this for a while, but I feel like after Mania, they need to do a hard reset of the entire roster. Uh, brand split specifically, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to get my hopes up and say, oh, they're going to take it seriously finally. I don't think Triple H really cares about it right now. Mostly because the rosters that he was handed by Vince were Vince McMahon rosters and the storylines that he wanted to do. These are Triple H rosters right now, which is why we're seeing so much overlap. If it was up to me, coming out of Mania, you split the titles, you do a draft, and you say, listen, we're doing a hard split now and we're taking it seriously. How many, how, how, Seriously, would they actually take it after saying that four other times? I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up here, like I said. But that's what I would do. Like you said, the beginning of the or the end of the uh, wrestling year, the beginning of another. You start fresh with new rosters. You, you can't do a draft in, unless you say, listen, we're actually taking the brain split seriously now, because they haven't for the last eight months since Triple H took over. So they would really have to do a hard reset of the rosters. But anyway, we'll see what they have in store coming out of Mania. Um, So there is that. We got the United States Championship Elimination Chamber match as well right after the mixed tag team match. Uh, Honestly, I said the women's one was probably the best women's one they've had to date. Correct me if I'm wrong, and you've you've been watching far longer than I have and have seen all the Chamber matches as well. I think this is one of the best Chamber matches they have ever done, and I've seen other people say that. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Sometimes I will say that because it's still fresh in the mind. Maybe in a year from now I'll feel differently. Maybe being there also changed that. I thought everyone in this match, first of all, looked great. The formatting was great, and the match itself was just great. They had a lot of great moments, a lot of holy shit moments. Um, all six guys worked well, very well together. And it, on it, it would also benefited from you really not knowing who was going to go over. I picked Johnny and Bronson as potential winners. They were the first ones gone. So you didn't really know for a fact who was going to win here. Ultimately, was Austin Theory who escaped, still United States champion. Um, but yeah, your thoughts in the match. We had Logan Paul out there, and credit to you, you called it. That uh, you know, Logan Paul might be running out. If you spotted this cameraman at ringside, and sure enough, he did run out of the end when the chamber pot opened, as I figured he would, and uh, costing Rollins the win, which was I thought was very well done. So um, this was an excellent piece of business and just a really really fun match overall.
0: Yeah, this was a great match. I just rewatched it actually uh, mm. the other day after we got home, and it, it was as good as it was when we were there. I just like you said earlier, I thought since it wasn't such a foregone conclusion who was going to win it, anyone could have won it. I think. Only person I would say, eh, probably would have been Priest. I, I just he was in it. I don't think he really had a good chance to win, but I also think it was a great match. So I think everyone else had a possible stake to win. The eliminations are great. They had some good high spots. I thought the story made sense. At the end, it came down to Rollins and and Theory, who have had beef in the last couple of months. Logan Paul comes out, costs Rollins the win. Theory leaves with the belt, and then we get Rollins and and Paul at WrestleMania. So. I thought it was a great match all around. The crowd loved it. I I, I think, like I said earlier, the problem with most Elimination Chambers, you know it's going to be a retainer. You know that one person is going to win it. And there's other people in it probably have no business being in the match. It's just kind of there. I think this worked just because everyone had a stake to possibly win it.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely helped from the unpredictability surrounding the outcome, the actual execution of the chamber. Like I said, the order of eliminations and everyone getting their time to shine. Bronson... Was he the first one gone? I think he was. I think Bronson yeah. was the first one gone. Yeah, and um, he looked great in there. I mean, I, Alexis told me when we got home, that she was like, "Oh, you know, her dad watched the show, and he only really watches the pay per views." He said he was actually impressed more than anyone else in that match by Bronson Reed. So, and he was really cool when we talked to him at the uh, junket thing the day before. But I think he's got bright thing in his in, in, bright things in his future if he can continue to shine in matches like this. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the match. I thought the execution of the Paul interference was well done. And you said this before, I think, but the Logan Paul-Rollins match, first of all, the story is there, which I like. It's not just a random match. But I think it has the potential to be like like a great show stealer at Mania, which isn't a hot take because Logan Paul and Miz was fun. The tag match at Mania last year was fun. Paul, uh, Paul and Roman had an excellent match at Crown Jewel. I think Logan Paul, and he also looked really good in the Rumble. I think Logan Paul and Rollins at Mania is a... Gonna be a a, definitely a sleeper show stealer at WrestleMania for sure.
0: I mean, I wouldn't even say sleeper. It's gonna be the best. I think looking at the card now, it'll probably be the best actual technical match. Roman and Cody will have more like pop and circumstance, obviously, for the belt. But, like, an actual, if you're looking for a good in-ring match, I think it's going to be Paul and, and Rollins. No, I
1: think so, too. I think it's going to be a great match. I'm looking forward Actually, to that.
0: Actually, kick that back. Actually, Omos and Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. Just kidding.
1: Just kidding. It's going to be a Mac Classic. Five stars. <laughs> God damn. I, I think it's going to break the Meltzer scale on as far as negative stars as opposed to uh, <laughs> as opposed to too many stars. But we get to the main event, and I talk about eating crow. I talk about eating my hat. I think it's time for you, Mr. Marceau, to eat your hat. As far as what they did here with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, uh, first of all, I love the match. I thought the match was great, as we all expected it to be. Hot crowd in Montreal, Sami coming out to his old music. Not quite the haircut yet. I would still like to see that at some point, but not yet. Um, Still out there looking great, like the Sami Zayn of old from NXT in the ring. Uh, These guys worked wonderfully together. Overbooked to shit. And it had several shenanigans. But listen, I thought it was well done. And it made sense. So the Usos interfered. Paul Heyman interfered. No Kevin Owens. A lot of things to break down here. People saying, oh, where was Kevin Owens five minutes earlier? Because at that point, and he still doesn't as of now, give a fuck about Sami Zayn. It's more about taking out the bloodline than it is helping Sami Zayn win the championship. That, that's one thing. And they're also not back on the same page. The second thing. I told you going into the show... That the only acceptable outcome, if Roman's going to win, and he should have won, I, I still stick by that, is that they need to have Jey Uso turn on Sammy to get that monster heat before Owens comes out to make the save and reunites with Sammy. We didn't get either of those things. And honestly, in retrospect, I'm okay with that. Um, I didn't think I would be, and it's not just defending the company. But after sleeping on it, I'm thinking, you know what? It just makes a lot more sense to not get the turn. I mean, Jey Uso could have turned. I mean, if they were going to do it, they should have done it last night to get the maximum amount of heat. But they want to tell more of a story. And it's only been three weeks since Jay Uso, you know, left walked out on the bloodline. They want to drag it out more. We have five or six weeks till Mania. Same thing with Owens and Zayn. They want to drag it out more and tell more of a story going into Mania. A lot like with Rollins and what was it, Ambrose many years ago when Rollins did not, or Ambrose, I think, didn't automatically forgive Rollins. And it wasn't until, I think, the Raw right before SummerSlam that they finally got on the same page and reunited for an amazing Raw moment. Um, I think this will be something similar. They might not wait until the final Raw before Mania. But I honestly have no issue with them dragging it out. Did it make for a flat finish? Yes. I didn't love the finish. I thought the execution of it was a la every Roman Reigns pay-per-view ending for the last two, two and a half years. I didn't love that. Um, But the outcome was what it needed to be. And I stick by this. It doesn't matter if it's Brian Alvarez or whoever. I'm not saying you're dumb if you think that Sami Zayn should have won. I get why people wanted Sami to win. Listen, if Sami Zayn won and we were there, I would have pooped my pants. It would have been amazing. But I just think it's incredibly short-sighted to do it on the pay-per-view before Mania when you have a guy that's been champion for two and a half fucking years. And I just think if you have Roman Reigns lose, it just makes the Mania main event, regardless of whether it's a triple threat, a rematch, whatever, it just makes it much, 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 much less interesting. Um, But anyway, I thought the match was great. I was fine to the finish. It felt flat, but... It's all about the ultimate payoff. If Cody loses at Mania, then we'll have a problem. It's more of a wait and see approach. I can't really fully judge this until they see, until I see where they go with this. But in a bottle, I thought it was great.
0: No, it was amazing. It was amazing. The mm. crowd went nuts. The match was great. Like you said, a decent amount of shenanigans, but I thought they did pretty well with it. Um, loved the J, J coming out. I think that's. I like you said. I think it was like if you're gonna turn them, that there's the right time to do it there. But I also feel like we still, I mean, to this point, we still don't know his intentions. I mean, mm-hmm. I think people are saying, oh, it's definitely going to be the Usos versus Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania. I honestly don't think they have to obviously do that. I mean, if Jay's still conflicted and, I mean, maybe he just walks away and we don't get that and maybe sides with Sammy. I mean, I feel like there's still so much we don't know. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to team up with his brother anymore. Maybe they put Solo in a spot. I mean, I think there are other options. I think if you just turned Jay, I mean, I think they still could turn him, but I think if you did it on 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 Saturday night, I, I feel like then you just kind of know what the direction is. I feel like they can still tease us and they can still keep that story going and not just give it all away at that one point. So I'm kind of glad they did that. I'm very interested to see what they do, do with Jay Uso. Obviously, we'll see them more tomorrow night on SmackDown. But, uh, no, I, I'm glad he wasn't the one that turned on Sam. I think, obviously – he kind of has a gripe to turn on Sammy now if he wants, because technically he hit him. But, I mean, with any logic, you would see it was a by- clearly by accident. <laughs> yeah. But you know how this works. They never watch the tape. They just they see the action and never move on. So mm-hmm. I am to see what they do. But, um, I mean, obviously Sammy winning would have been ridiculously insane. But, like you said, I just, looking back at it and sleeping on it more, I just feel like it would have ru- no, know, ruined Cody's moment. But it just... It would have. That's what it is. At the end of the day, would have been a moment, and I just, I don't think it was the right time to take the belts off from No, I
1: mean, and I'm not. I'm not even saying wait for another six months. I was having this discussion on Twitter with a few people. I discussed this with uh, Randy Cruz actually on his show yesterday. I just think I'm fine with it if Cody wins. And the problem is because people are saying, oh, it's the chase to a 1,000 days. He's got to break it. He doesn't have to break a 1,000 days. I think it would be awesome if he did. I've loved Roman's run. I've, I've gone on record and saying it's probably the best world title run that we've had in WWE in the last 20 years at least. I don't know, 25 years or whatever. Um, at least. It's not even close. Um, he's had a great run. It would be cool if he broke that record. But here's the problem, though. If he breaks the record and he beats Cody at WrestleMania, then what? Do do, we've talked about this before, and I'll ask you again now that Elimination Chamber is in the rear view, but if you haven't beat Cody at Mania, regardless of how it happens, the fuck do you do then, is my issue. Because, does he lose it to Cody in a rematch? That's, I don't like that. I don't like this whole, I I, I think it works in certain situations. Like when, for example, Ilya Dragunov lost to Walter a couple of years ago. In the first match they had, and then he won in the rematch. I was fine with that, because it's the same thing with like Adam Page. Like, he had to build to the rematch, and he had to redeem himself... I think that stuff makes sense in a certain situation. With Roman Reigns, I just feel like it's got to be Cody beating him. And he's ready now. You don't know if Cody's going to be booed at SummerSlam. He might be not as over by then. He might have cooled off. He's hot now. So strike while the iron is hot. And if it's not Cody, then honestly, it should have been Sammy. If it wasn't Sammy, then honestly, it should have been Drew at Clash of the Castle. I can make that argument about a lot of people. Um, And there's no one else on the roster. Like, I was fine with Drew losing at Clash because it's like, okay, then Cody's going to beat him. But if it's not Cody, and it shouldn't be in a rematch either, that would be fucking stupid, Um, Braun Breaker, he's not remotely ready. No one else really makes sense. Unless it's like another outsider. Cody was an outsider a year ago, and he's coming, and we would have never imagined that. I I don't really know who else comes to mind. Kenny Omega? Like, I, I don't think so. I wouldn't even really want to see that, I'm sure, anyway. So I think Cody just makes the most sense currently, and with the story they're telling, and I don't know, and... I think it's got to be Cody. I, I just do. I just, I feel like it has to be Cody Rhodes and it has to be Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. But I'll ask you this. Randy also asked me this question with the Jey Uso thing. And I'm finding that they didn't have him turn. I still think they should do the tag title match. I feel like that's still the match to do at Mania. You know, I've told you before that they need to have JB a definitive heel so they can have that dynamic of Owens and Zayn, the babyface duo overcoming the Usos after 500, 600 days or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like with Jay he's built up so much sympathy. Are you gonna turn him back into a heel only to turn on Roman again down the road? I mean that's that screams like AEW with Daniel Garcia. I think if they have if they're already teasing this with Jay, could you see a scenario where he doesn't turn heel? He sticks with the bloodline for now, but at WrestleMania he play, he factors into Roman reigns losing the championship. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Jay Uso doesn't win the belt, but he does cause Roman to lose. I think that could be a situation as well. Maybe he causes like his brother not to come out. He doesn't attack Roman, maybe, but he prevents Solo from coming out, or he thwarts their interference, or whatever it might be. What What are your thoughts on that?
0: No, yeah, I mean, like you said, I feel that they built up so much sympathy for him, and I feel like he is basically a babyface associated with a heel group at this point. I would just keep going. I I think just a swerve us and then go heel. I just I don't think that's the, what should happen. I like you said, I feel like. The story, realistically, the story of the whole bloodline really started with him and Roman, I mean, back in COVID. So, I mean, it would be—it would make sense if you go long-term story he's the one that kind of is the reason Roman loses the belt or the bloodline keeps breaking down. Like I said, I feel like if you have him lose the belt, you can honestly do to keep the build going. You can honestly have Jay versus Roman at, at SummerSlam. He doesn't even have the belts on the line if he loses to, I, to That's Kobe. what I, I want to see. yeah, I for sure. I think that would be an amazing one-on-one match. You finally get a crowd for it. Jay would probably be super over at the time. Cause you got all the sympathy from the fans, and I think that'd be a great one-on-one match. Doesn't need a belt on the line, um, and it, honestly, and it, I I just feel like that's the direction they should go in. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but yeah, they he could even defend the belts at WrestleMania and still not technically be a heel. Like he could just be like, you know what? Like, I mean, I'm mean, it's my brother. Like we've been had the belts for so long. Like I'll defend him, but like. I have no ill will to Sammy, I and mean, maybe that's him and Owen still going at it, like, how can you trust them, like, maybe mm-hmm. they're screwed over, and stuff like that, so I wouldn't turn him heel, I would keep him babyface. but I guess we'll see, I think, like I said, tomorrow night we'll definitely get some more developments.
1: I think so, I think we could see a scenario, and I think this is probably the way to go thinking about it now. We get the tag title match, I mean, to me, it's it's the main event of night one, but I know Rhea and, and Charlotte's not a bad match. If it was Charlotte and Ronda, I'd say, fuck that, I'm sorry, it's gotta be the tag team match. Charlotte and Ronda going on last is fine. Charlotte kind of got fucked out of the main event last year, justifiably. I mean, Stone Cold should have gone on last, and he did. Um, if they go on last, that's fine, especially if Rhea wins. Uh, theoretically, though, what match am i more looking forward to, it's that tag team match. I still think you give Sammy, Sammy and Kevin the belts at Mania. And then on night two, you know we're going to get shenanigans. This is another thing, too. Do you have... I've always said that Cody should win the belt clean. I don't think it should be because, oh, of an errant chair shot, Cody Rhodes wins. I just feel like that's cheap, especially for the main event of Mania. But this whole Roman thing has been built around Jay and everyone else. I do think... I mean, it would also make no sense if we had no interference in Mania. Just storyline speaking, they've interfered in every match, but now they're not going to interfere when it matters most in the main event of Mania. That just doesn't make any sense. They've also... <laughs> they interfered... Uh, did they interfere in Mania last year? I don't... I know they interfer- oh. I know Jay interfered in the triple threat at Mania 37. I don't remember. I don't remember. And the match with Brock, that match was such a blur because it wasn't all that great. I don't remember. I feel like they did. Or at least one of them did. But anyway, um, yeah, I just feel like you probably could have a situation where I think maybe the Usos and Solo come out to help, and then Jay thinks better of it and maybe just pushes them off or attacks Solo or whatever. And he doesn't have to attack Roman. But you could do a situation like that, I feel like, and Cody could still win relatively clean. Because I just feel like you shouldn't think Cody's win if he were to win. I'm not even convinced he's winning at this point, though.
0: No, I said it the other day. I feel like I'm not overly convinced that he's going to win. And I mean, we said this. Drew winning or losing, you're like, fine. You know what? it the leap for Cody. Sammy losing, you're like, okay, fine. gonna lose to Cody. If Cody loses... In this it will be. He'll literally look like Luger, and mm-hmm. it, it ain't gonna be good. You can't just build up the story that he's. His whole story is coming back, winning the WWE belt at WrestleMania. If he loses, it looks like the biggest loser of all time. And then what do you do with him? It's like I don't know. I feel like he has to win, but. I just, more and more I think about it, I'm like,
1: there's a chance he might lose. Yeah, I mean, Drew got Luger to clash, but again, I was okay with that because, and and it's not like he got buried because he's he's still very over, and he. he I'm sure he will be champion again. He has still yet to get his moment in front of fans. So <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't given it to him yet, but it just hasn't worked out timing-wise. Um, Yeah, you know, he got Luger, I don't want to see that happen again with Cody. Because, again, it's all about where we're going with this. I could see a situation where they keep the belt on Roman for another fucking year. I'm not even kidding you. Like I could see a situation where they want him to come close to that four-year run. Um and he would come close in 2024 because he would be nearing four years. I don't know what the exact what day he would have to hold it till, but he's already heading in the top 6 runs, if not top 5. I don't remember, but he would have to he, it's 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 coming up soon. I don't think it's worth it. It's more a matter of, like, what do you think is more important, Cody winning it when it makes the most sense or wanting to break a record? Breaking the record is cool. It's like the Gunther thing. You know, Gunther, people are saying, oh, we should break Honky Tonk Man's record. He's the longest reigning champion, the intercontinental champion of the 21st century. That's great and all. But if he's championed through September, it's not awful, but it's like I really feel like if they do Drew, Sheamus, and Gunther a Mania, then Sheamus has got to win. I just, I don't think he can lose again. I think that's it's, it's time for Gunther, honestly, to move on as well. Um, but anyway, so that was Elimination Chamber. I thought it was a great show. Let's talk about some things from Raw. We already kind of talked about most of it with the Sami and Owen stuff and Balor and Edge resuming their rivalry. We kind of covered a lot of it, the Lashley, you know, challenge, uh, the, the Bray or whatever. The one thing from Raw I did want to mention that I thought was uh, worth talking about that we've talked a lot about in recent weeks. The tag team match that was set up for next week, actually. Becky Lynch and Lita teaming for the first time ever the challenge for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles against Damage Control. Now, that's an attraction, and that's a match I'm looking forward to. But as we talked about over text, where do you think we're going with this? I know Meltzer has said for weeks that it's considered a lock for Mania that Damage Control will defend against Ronda Rousey and Shayna. And that's looking likely. Ronda and Shayna beat Shotzi and Natalya last week on SmackDown in a pretty good match. I don't think they would have done that unless Ronda and Shayna were being groomed for a tag team title match at Mania. Um, I still think it would make the most sense. Here, here's my situation. I talked about this on hashtag, so I'll keep it brief. But I think you could do a you could do a scenario where you have a multi team, you know, Liv Raquel or Liv Teigen, whatever, multi team women's tag team match on night one of Mania. Also on night one at Mania, you do. Lita, Becky, and Trish, and Trish was on backstage at Raw this week, was not used, so I assume she will factor in at some point, point. and then they'll take on all of Damage Control, so Bailey gets in a match at Mania, you do that six-woman at Mania, that to me is WrestleMania-worthy, and then on Night 2, which we saw a couple of years ago, and you mentioned this earlier, we get the tag team title match on Night 2, the winners of the Gauntlet or whatever, or the four-way tag team match against Damage Control, and that could be Ronda and Shayna taking the belts from damage control so what are your thoughts on that because i feel like that's more appealing than i mean you could also do people have brought up becky and Lita versus ronda and Shayna. that honestly i really like that idea but then what do you do with bailey and she deserves to be on the show so i I don't know what you do with her um what do you do with ronda and Shayna? if we only get the six woman but no you know no tag title match so i feel like the way that i laid it up probably makes the most sense but i'm curious what your thoughts are No,
0: yeah, I think I like the six-woman, and then I said, honestly, I'd probably put the belts on Becky and Lita and then have them face Ronda and Shayna the second night, Mm -hmm. but they said you could do the six-woman the first night, that's how you get Bailey involved, and then the second night you do Becky and Lita versus Shayna and Ronda.
1: And Shayna and Ronda would, I mean, Lita's probably not going to be around for a while, so you can have Shayna and Ronda win there. Yeah, you could do that. And then you could build the Becky and Ronda down the road. I mean, listen, I don't think anyone cares about that at this point, but, I mean, you could always build that at SummerSlam or whatever, Becky and Ronda, if they end up on the same show again. Um, You know, it's a possibility. I think, think, honestly, I didn't even really think about that, but, yeah, you could put the belts on Becky and Lita next week, which I would do. Uh, Damage control of just... I like damage control, but they've done nothing with those belts and just really in general... um, I would put I would put the belts on Becky and Lita. I feel like it'd be really cool. And also, Becky's never been tag team champion before, so I feel like that's the best of both worlds. Damage control against Ronda and Shayna just doesn't do anything for me at all. Um, you know, it could be a good match, but it's heel and heel, and just I just, I don't really care. So I feel like the way that we laid it out probably makes the most sense. Um, talking about those free agent signings that I alluded to earlier, the big news coming out of last week, Meltzer said that they weren't WWE at that point, and take this for what it's worth, they weren't like concerned or really thinking about Jay White potentially coming in because they had their eyes on a potential bigger free agent. And it came out soon after that free agent's name was Kenny Omega, um, current AEW World Trios Champion, current IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, one of the biggest stars in AEW. Um, his contract is either up like now or very soon. Um, I, I know the word was that they could have added or will add time due to the injury that you know the time that he missed due to injury, which is you know very possible. So And he was gone for, like, close to a year, so he may not be back. I mean, he's also been working behind the scenes, though, with the video game stuff, so I'm not really sure if that factors in. I mean, I'm I'm not sure if he would be free at the end of the year, early next year, whatever. But reportedly, WWE has strong interest in signing Kenny Omega. And honestly, I've said this a lot over the last couple of days, I don't think it's far-fetched that he would go to WWE. And at this point, we've talked about it. Never say never. With the Cody stuff, I was like, you know, it's possible, but he'll never go there. Why would he go? Why would he why would he leave this, you know, position of power and his family's there and you know, his mom works, they they have his own reality show. And he fucking left and went to WWE. You know, that happened. And I've said other things like, Oh, this will definitely happen, and then it doesn't happen. So honestly, probably just go with the opposite of what I'm saying. I think Kenny will stay in AEW, but I don't think it's that much of a stretch, Mr. Marceau, that he could end up in WWE, and I'm not even saying I'd be opposed to that much either.
0: No, I mean I think I mean, I'm not totally against. Them. I'm not totally for it. I think I'm kind of in the middle at this point. I mean, I think at this point he's done everything in, in in AEW that he can do. I don't know how much more there really is for him to do. So, I mean, I think I'm the note that nice. I just, I don't know. I just don't really know exactly where shake out. Is he going right for the belt, or is where where would you kind of position him? I feel like he kind of maybe in the more Cody position, but. Um, I mean, I'm not against it, but I'm not overly for it. So I'm kind of in the middle on, on Omega coming
1: in or not. The big thing with Omega for me coming into WWE is this. I think him staying in AEW is fine because he's like the staple of that company. The, the, the company is named after the group that helped form it, that being the Elite. I think him going to WWE, I wouldn't mind. I'm not even saying I want I do want to see him there, but I wouldn't mind seeing him in, in AEW. I'm not trying to pick sides here. I just think it would be interesting because he's 39 now. If he doesn't go now, he'll never go. And that's fine. I mean, some people never go and whatever. It doesn't, you know, have to go to WWE. AEW's a pretty big company. Um, I know he's always wanted the match with Styles, but that was years ago. And, you know, AJ really isn't anyone of importance currently in WWE based on how he's booked. Um, I don't know. Just the thing with Omega is that I just feel like if he were to go to WWE, it would be refreshing. Because we talk a lot about in AEW, especially lately, this trio stuff with him and the Elite, I, I'm I'm more kind to of the matches than you are. It's more of a preference thing as far as whether you like that stuff. But even I can tell you that I watched the match from Rampage because we didn't have time to watch it when we were in Montreal. I watched it a couple days ago. The basketball shit is just fucking terrible. I feel like all, the, all of their skits now on Dynamite and shit are just being the elite skits, and that's not a compliment. They're just not funny. They're just not entertaining. Kenny does not feel important at all. And I know they are the champions to kind of bring credibility to that division. I just I just don't care. I feel like they're underutilizing Kenny, and I felt this way before he became world champion too. He's a massive name. I know you don't you're not the biggest fan, but I just feel like he's a big star and can be used in a bigger fashion in WWE. I would like to see him in WWE for the for the only reason that he would be away from the Bucs. And maybe they sign the Bucks at some point and you know, that is what it is, I guess. I don't even hate the Bucs. I just feel like Kenny at this point, as he did in Japan, probably does his best work without the Bucks around. I mean, to be completely honest, I feel like the best parts of his world title reign were when the Bucks weren't with him, so I think I'd like to see him in WWE for that reason alone, and I think he could have an AJ Styles esque push where he comes in, you know, WWE fans don't really know him, but he gets over because he's so good. So, what would be your thoughts on that? I mean, at least getting him away from the Bucks, I feel like could be a positive personally.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you said, I just it is. I think that would be a positive. I think the best part of his run when he was away from the Bucks and like the silliness. So, I think coming in that would be great if he's by himself. Um, I mean, like I so said, he's older, I don't think it'd be a long run, but you could do like an AJ styles ass run and kind of do what they did with AJ when he came in, so I wouldn't be against that, just no bucks, please.
1: And especially with Triple H in charge, I would have faith that they would use him properly. I don't think they would hire Kenny just to bury him, always the AEW guy. I know Cody was in WWE previously, they could have very, very, very easily brought him back and have him be just another mid-card guy in the show. That's what I was fully expecting, I did not expect him to get the push that he has And and headlining WrestleMania for the fucking world title a year later, it's pretty, you know, surreal when you think about it. When you sit back and think about it, I think Omega, not that he's headlining WrestleMania, I mean, he could, but I think he could end up in a similar position, to be honest with you. Um, Because he is that good and he's still young enough and he's, you know, a big enough name where I could see them utilizing him in that meaningful manner. Um, There's a couple other names I mentioned as well. Um, Kota Ibushi's name has been in the news as well. Um, this is worth noting, because he said, I think, a week or two ago, he would actually entertain the idea of going to WWE if they allowed him to train their talent, which seems like a pretty easy demand. I mean, if they wanted him, I mean, I guess if, if he could be at the performance center, I guess, <laughs> I don't know exactly what he'd be teaching them based off some of the matches I've seen from him. He's a pretty fucking batch of crazy guy. Um, I think there was that and then maybe something else, but... If WWE wanted him, I think they would probably... Especially Triple H, having worked with him in the in the Cruiserweight Classic. Again, I think it's a possibility. I think he could end up... He probably will end up in AEW, but... What does he do in AEW? Will they book Kota Ibushi as a top name? And there's so many people that AEW has, they're not doing jack shit with right now. Kota Ibushi in WWE? I know you really haven't seen a ton of his work, but I know you watched them in the CWC. I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. Especially, I think the big thing with me... I think if you rein these people in creatively... I know there's a lot of complaints, and and rightfully so. Oh, this person doesn't have any creative freedom. Some people, to be completely honest with you, should not have complete creative freedom. Cody Rhodes being one of those people. A lot of the shit that we saw him have in AEW... I feel like his handprints were on a lot of that, and it wasn't any good. He has enough freedom in WWE to be as great as he can be without going overboard. Kenny would be the same thing. Kota would be the same thing. I feel like you bring him in, hopefully he can have kick-ass matches. I'm not saying he would have an amazing run. He might not. I don't know. But he's a name that I wouldn't sleep on either. I feel like he'd be a great addition to that roster. And I'm not talking NXT. Fuck that shit. In the current NXT, no thanks. Any of these people in NXT would be a joke. They'd have to go right to the main roster. And I feel like Kota could be one of those guys.
0: Yeah, Personally. I mean, I think, I think out of the three, I think I want to see Jay White and WWE more out of the three of them. I would say White, Omega, then mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just, I'm not, I don't know, I guess I'm just not familiar enough with them. But, like, as name recognition alone, I'd rather have White or Omega over him. I mean, I think it'd be good, depending on what they do with them. But, like, I don't, we say the same thing about AEW. like, you bring all these people in, and then what do you do with everyone else? I feel like you can bring a couple big names in, but you just can't bring everyone in. So, I, if I had to pick, I'd be White or... Or Omega over him. I just, I mean, I think he's good, but I also want them to bring in all these people just to neglect what they already have.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not saying they should bring all three in. I'm just saying, of the three, I wouldn't mind seeing any of them there. I don't think all three of them end up in WWE. The most I likely, yeah, of all three former New Japan World Champions, the IWGP Heavyweight Champions is Jay White. Um, I, Again, I don't know if he's officially a free agent, but the talk a couple of weeks ago was that his contract was winding down. Then he lost to Hikileo in a loser leaves Japan match. And it's like, okay. You know, he's done in Japan. But then people were saying, oh, he could still end up in New Japan Strong, which is their um, their U.S.-based show. It's like, okay, the fuck is he going to do there, but okay. And then they have a match with him and Eddie Kingston at a show last week in the same night as Chamber, where Mercedes Monet actually became the new IWGP uh, Women's Champion. between him and Eddie Kingston, where the loser had to leave New Japan. And Eddie Kingston also said, which was interesting in the build-up to the match. Not that he books this stuff, but I thought it was interesting they included this. He goes, I don't want you working uh, with us in AEW. I don't want you working with any AEW talent if it has to. I mean, AEW uses a lot of New Japan people, so Jay White going to AEW, is as much sense as that would make, considering he was already there last year for a few appearances. Um, It just, at this point, I don't know why they would put in that stipulation about, oh, you can't work with New Japan talent, if you probably would be if he was in AEW. So, uh, to me, all signs look like he's going to WWE, and if his contract is up at the end of the month, to me, as many other people have said, not a hot take. I think you debut him on the night after WrestleMania on the on the post WrestleMania Raw for in whatever fashion. He does not go to Day. That's a, that's a joke. I don't want to see. Jackson White on the main, uh, on NXT, new name, whatever. or Jackson Black, I'm sorry. If we're switching the name up, I think it should, they should keep the name Jay White, hopefully. I, I wouldn't change it. Or honestly, just call him Switchblade. I feel like that'd be cool too, because that's his nickname anyway, if they have to change it. But either way, I would put him right on the main roster. And he's a guy that I feel like he looks like a star. He wrestles like a star. He talks like a star. He's someone, as we've talked about before, I think could really thrive in WWE, especially if Triple H is still in charge of creative.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to debut him, it would definitely night after WrestleMania. Honestly, I think this is, I mean, not that I think this will definitely have this is more fancy booking, but I feel like you could have, hit, like, Rollins comes out, says he's tired of facing all these one-off people, like he beat Logan Paul, last year faced Cody, like he wants kind of go towards the WWE title, and then you have Jay White come out, and then you have him and Rollins, kind of similar to Cody, you do him and Rollins for the next few months, and then you move on from there. I mean, honestly, you could use a. You, you honestly you could put Gallows and Anderson with them. Not that I'm their biggest fan, but they're just sitting and catering. So, honestly, <laughs> if you want to do something with them, you can put them with Jay White as well. So, I think night after WrestleMania would be uh, be ideal. Honestly,
1: Rollins would be cool. I just feel bad for Rollins. He's getting paired with all these <laughs> exactly. with all He's these like new people, stellar. and he would probably lose too. Let's be honest. And he shouldn't be losing. Yeah. So, um, I I think. He, Rollins is so over, and he's. I, I You know, that that's a great idea, and all. I would probably put, if he's cleared by then, AJ in that spot, because at this okay. point, they, they don't give a shit about AJ Styles. I know he's coming off of another <laughs> Bullet Club feud with Finn Balor, but listen, put him in another one with Jay White. I, I don't even think. Gallows and Anderson are just abysmal. The fact they even re signed them, and they, th- it's comical that AJ's been hurt now for, what, two months now, a month and a half, and they haven't been on the show at all, tells you all you need to know about how they feel about it, uh, Gallows and Anderson. I know it was a pity signing, because. We've talked about it before. He offered them jobs and they got fired and whatever and they offered him to resign, whatever. So I know they're back for that reason but they're just not that great at this point and they're just not interesting. It would be interesting to see them back with Jay White. I don't know. There's a lot of different directions they can go but Jay White period is just a fucking star. I feel like he could do really well. I feel like if he goes to AEW... Does he end up in the trios division with Aussie Open or something? I mean, seriously, what do, even, what do you even do with Jay White in AEW? I feel like he's a natural fit there because there's so many people he could feud with. But we've talked with this a lot. You mentioned this with uh, Jay Lethal before we hit, before we hit record here. He's one of those guys where I feel like he'd be a big star when he first comes in and would fizzle out quickly because they just wouldn't have anything for him to do because they already have so much talent as it is. That's a good problem to have, but they just have so much talent, I don't think. WWE will reach a point like that as well. I don't think WWE has enough top-tier talent to where Jay White would be buried, though.
0: No, I agree. I think he should go to WWE, WB. Not that he'd definitely be a miss, but they have so many guys right now they're not using. I think it'd be be kind of ludicrous to go
1: there because I just feel like he'd be stuck somewhere that no one would care about him. Listen, I think it's now or never for him in WWE. I feel like he's young enough. He would do well. They want him. Um, He may not be as hot in five or so years, so just go to WWE while you can, my man, and I would like to see him thrive. And there's certain people I would like to see in AEW as well. I feel like they could do better there. You know, Bushi being one of them, um, I feel like would probably do better in AEW than WWE. But Jay White, I think, is a WWE guy. If I've ever seen one, I mean, he just screams WWE, and I think he's going to do well there. Hopefully, when the day comes. Not saying he absolutely will, but, you know, nothing ever is really guaranteed. But I I could see him having an AJ Styles run where he comes in and impresses a lot of people and is pushed at a top level from the get-go because he's that good. Uh, let's talk about Dynamite quickly before we wind down here. Uh, I didn't really like last night's show, to be honest. I, I thought last week's show sucked. I thought this was slightly better, I guess. Um, if only for the opener between Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta That had nothing to do with Revolution. I understand that. But <laughs> it was for the All-Atlantic Championship. I thought it was a really good match, though. Uh, one of Cassidy's better matches in AW. And I also like the Danielson-MJF promo exchange. They did have some truth to it, per Sean Ross MJF did... Uh, split from his fiance just recently, so he only asked her to marry him a couple of months ago, and they were already, you know, done, I guess, but, um, I thought it was a really good promo, the Cage and Perry thing was well done, um, I didn't give a shit about the Tag Team Battle Royal, Jay Lethal and Jarrett winning is awful, um, the Acclaimed versus The Firm, I didn't care, um, and Sky Blue and Soraya, I just don't care, the, the Moxley-Uno match, why, why are we getting a bloodbath with the Evil Uno? I mean, I thought he did well in there, but it felt like a Rampage main event, I didn't care about that either, the revolution build and hype has been all over the place. I think it does have potential on paper. But a lot of these matches are coming together at such short notice, it's hard to care. But um, yeah, I thought it was not one of their stronger shows in recent weeks.
0: Yeah, I thought this was better than last week, but I wasn't really saying much. But it wasn't that much better. That was a fine show. I mean, I kind of I kind of saw the first match. I mean, I, anything with pockets, I just don't really put too much... Too much viewing in it from what it looked like a decent match, but didn't overly go into it. Um, the the, 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 the MGF, I mean, every time he comes out, he has a good promo. I feel like this was another good exchange. I um, just feel like that's pretty much the only thing that really has got my interest in Revolution. I mean, we've also been building up for a few months, and I just feel like the matches that Brian's had have been good, and then MGF is just always good on the mic. So that was a, the, probably one of the bigger highlights for me the tag team battle royal. Just don't care and didn't really care to watch it. It was just there. The Sareya Sky Blue match is one of the worst women's matches I've seen in a while. I'm not sure if it's just because Sky Blue's green and Sareya's rusty, but it just, just didn't really work. I don't know. It just was sloppy and I don't know. I just I honestly want to know what she's getting paid, Soraya, That is because I have not been impressed with her run at all. Um, I'm guessing we're getting her. I thought we were going to get her and Tony versus Britton. Hater at Revolution, but we might be getting Hater and, and Ruby. I, I I don't really know. Or maybe we get a three-way. I hope not, but I guess we'll see in that aspect. The main event, I mean, Moxley just can't help himself. Spleen all of himself, per <laughs> usual. Just, how does anyone like this? The more I see Moxley, the more I just, I'm just over him. I just... Guy's having a bloodbath with evil Uno, who I've seen the last time I saw on TV. Guy looks like the biggest Mud Show job guy of all time. The group's a joke. He's a joke. And then Moxie's <laughs> leaking all over the place. Then it was awful. It's just when people see this, I'm like, how could anyone like this? In the like Blackpool Comic Club, they're like heel now. Like Cesaro's being a dick. Like doesn't make any sense. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I just don't give a shit. And then we're gonna get him and hangman at revolution in a fucking texas deathmatch i so will be a blood splurter i just and then yeah i don't know what happened to also this is so extremely what happened to the kingdom
1: who no i know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about um i don't like, know they
0: brought him up they were like oh yeah but even the they, they clearly weren't in the battle Royal. if they were i didn't say.
1: No, no they weren't right. well they're earmarked i think for ring of honor the problem is that why, I don't even know why they were even on AEW TV. They brought them in as like, they brought they, they were on AEW TV a couple times. It, you can ask the same question, and I don't really give a fuck about him, so I don't really care. Juice Robinson is another one. They, he was like, oh, he's he signed and he, he challenged Joe and he challenged Alan. He lost both matches. Um, he's another one. I feel like all those people are going to be exclusive to Ring of Honor, so that's why you're not seeing them. Athena hasn't been on the show at all in months, and that's why. Um, the show starts up next Thursday. I forgot to mention that last week. I'm looking forward to that, but that's probably why we haven't seen them on AEW at all, which is I mean that's probably for the better because I know you probably wouldn't give a shit anyway.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm looking at the card. They did add Hater vs. Ruby So for
1: the women's title. Okay.
0: So okay. Oh, uh, we also totally forgot the illogical pro- back and forth with Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. Oh my god. Um, I texted you after the fact. I, I mean, they were like, "Oh, like he he tricked Jericho," but like, did he? Like, one, he beat him clean a couple weeks ago. So why would he want to rematch to begin with? Okay, he faces Jericho's. Cronies, he loses, can't get the rematch, okay, didn't want the rematch anyways because he beat him clean, don't really know why he'd want it, comes out, says he's done with Jericho, has a contract, you know what, I want an open challenge, Jericho comes out, yeah, I'm not going to accept the open challenge, I'm too good for you, they randomly drag Peter Avalon out there like no one cared anyways, missed him with the Judas effect, but he bumped anyways, Jericho comes down, Oh, you know what? Actually, I, I think I can beat you without JAS. Okay, up oh, signs a contract. Now we have the match. Like, why? I don't know why. And I know for a fact Ricky Starks is gonna lose, and
1: I just don't care. I really hope not. I I just I can see it coming, and I just I just don't care. So I could see a situation where he's like, oh, he, he said no JAS, and then the JAS interfere anyway because he, he's a heel and he's gonna go against against his work. Because why wouldn't he? And then he wins that way.
0: Knowing them, they'll add some dumb, a new member. Oh, they got a new member
1: in the group. Action oh, and Dreddy will turn heel and join JAS. Oh, <laughs> my God.
0: So bad. I just, I don't care about that. The Warlord Samoa Joe, I'm actually interested in, but I feel like we've just have been getting, like, little VTRs. We haven't really seen them both on the show uh, the last few yeah. weeks. I mean, we got to sit down with Warlord last week, got another, like, VTR this week. But, like, I want to see, like, Warlord in action again. Um, I mean, we know how they bungled him, but... I guess we'll see what happens to Revolution, but uh no. yeah, I thought it was an okay show, I guess. Like I said, the fucking Moxley-Uno thing, is just like... <laughs> you kill you know, me. Who, who's better than Moxley? Guy goes out there, bleeds in every match, they're always terrible, he flips the camera off, he melts fuck you to the hard camera. Also, what's up with Soraya Flip? Like, do they just all like just flip the camera off? Do they not understand that when everyone does it, it doesn't mean anything? No,
1: we've said that for years. Though we've said that for he years. he does
0: it, she does it. They everyone bleeds. I mean, oh my goodness, could anyone care at this point? I don't, like blood doesn't even mean anything. It happens in every Moxley match or fucking Jungle Boy. It looked like someone spilled like fucking tomato soup on his face. I mean, <laughs> I just it's it's just so overdone. I don't care.
1: Especially with someone like Evil Uno, I actually love Moxley. I'm the exact opposite. I, I think the guy's terrific. I just think all the blood is completely excessive and, and under just unnecessary. It just it's just he does it every single week against every single opponent. It does not mean anything, and that's the whole point of blood. It's not because oh I love blood. No, I like I like when when, when it means something. But when you do it every week with people like Evil Uno, it's like what are we doing? The closing shot is of a of a bloody John Moxley. Why, why don't why wouldn't you save that for the death match that you're doing in two weeks? I just think that's silly. Ah, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, of week. listen, I am looking forward to Revolution though. There's a couple matches that I think do have potential. I have no issue with that triple threat for the women's title. We just got a triple threat on Dynamite a week or two ago with uh, I think it was Britt, uh, Tony, Brit, Ruby, and, uh, and Ruby. Yeah. yeah. So now now Ruby's in another triple threat, but it's with the other two women, uh, and it's for the title. Th- that's fine. I mean, Ruby's been protected since she come since she's came back. Soraya as well. So. This storyline, I just think, hasn't been very interesting. It had potential, but I just haven't given a fucking... I just haven't given a shit at all. Um, especially with the Soraya, Tony... Tony is just another woman on the show. It's actually amazing. I know we weren't, like... She was actually having a pretty good run about a year ago when she first won the title a couple of months ago. She was on the show every week. She's getting decent reactions. She was having great matches, and... Never really got any mic time, but she was on the show every week. She hasn't gotten any mic time at all. is doing all the talking for Tony. Tony just Tony could literally be anyone else, and it wouldn't matter. That could be Leva Bates, and it would not matter. Because she's not doing anything. Um, so anyway, that was just one observation. Um, I did want to mention this. We forgot to mention this. The important announcement from Tony Khan was none other than the announcement of a new show, but not an in-ring show, which is completely fun. They have enough of that. Um, it, it's going to be a show called All Access, a reality show. That'll take place right after Dynamite, premiering some Wednesday in March. I don't know why they didn't announce a date. That was a little weird, because next Wednesday is March 1st, so I'm not sure why they didn't announce a date. But it's going to take a look at people like Eddie Kingston, Adam Cole, Brett Baker, Soraya, people like that. Listen, I texted you. I mean, they said important announcement, not a major announcement. There really is no difference. I mean, (laughs) there's no, it's important to TBS, which is why they announced it on the show. This could have very easily been a press release. Very easily, and it would have made a difference. Um, They just wanted to announce it on Dynamite, so if Dynamite viewers, in case you wouldn't see the press release, know what to watch after Dynamite, I will not, I'll probably watch the first episode to see what it looks like. uh, Because it sounds interesting. It's a cool idea, don't get me wrong. Impact used to do the same thing back in the day. I just don't really care, though. It wasn't worth the announcement of, oh, Tony Khan's got a big announcement. Why would, if, if he just came on the show and said it, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. But when you hype it in advance because the ratings are in the toilet, that's when you know you're getting desperate. And they also said Adam Cole's coming back, but it's going to be on Dynamite, not at Revolution, which was weird. Was there not a vignette a couple weeks ago where Cole was training in the ring and he looked at a Revolution banner? What the fuck was that about if he's not wrestling at the show? That's just weird to me. Um, so he's not going to be the pay-per-view. He's making his in-ring return on Dynamite. Don't know why they brought him back two months ago, but he's done nothing in the ring since then. Also weird. Um, yeah, that, I just thought that was worth mentioning as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you said major announcement, or important announcement, I figured it was going to be something dumb. I mean, we'll see how this is. I guess Power Slap is only re- renewed or through beginning of March, so I'm assuming that's why they're going to try to give this a shot. I mean, have have seen Rampage's reviews. I mean... And ratings. I don't know how the hell they'd get another show, but I guess we'll see here. I mean, I think it's something that could be interesting, but I mean, I don't think it's going to get a, a decent view. I, don't, I mean, it is what it
1: is. No, yeah, I don't really care that much. I mean, it could be cool. They've done, actually, their videos and their documentaries, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, they've done those before, like in the, in the countdown specials, I should call them. Those are actually really well done. I don't watch all of them. I've watched a couple, and they were actually excellent. Um, so I think this should be cool. I think it might be better for like their YouTube channel, but listen, I think it is a if nothing else, it's a positive sign for the company that they're getting another show cuz right now at Warner Media, they're cutting everything. They're cutting all this shit. Uh, we don't know what the the future of AEW looks like with Warner Media and the ratings not being overly great lately. I think they will resign and they'll be fine, but I think it is a good sign that they're giving them another show. At a time where they're cutting so much, they could have very easily said, Hey, fuck off. Like, we're not giving you shit. We could cut Rampage if we want. I mean, Rampage is actually on TNT. That's a bit different. Although it's all the same thing, <laughs> it's all the same network. Um, but they didn't do that. They actually gave them another show. It, it kind of feels like a replacement for Roads at to the top, which was not a good show. Um, this is a bit more, you know, open to everyone else on the roster and not just about one person. So it's not like, Oh, the Britt Baker and Adam Cole reality show. That would be stupid. Um, So what they're doing is cool. I mean, I'll check it out. Doesn't get me overly excited. Not really worthy of an on-air announcement, but it is what it is. So we'll talk more about Revolution next week here on the show, Mr. Marceau, with Revolution Predictions, a Revolution review in two weeks, and then we're already fully on the road to WrestleMania for WWE. Uh, a lot more on that front in the weeks to come. A lot to talk about every single week here on the show. New episodes every single Thursday usually. Last week was a rare Saturday episode because we were in Montreal, so go back and check that out, but usually every single Thursday and WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single week. Uh, Mr. Marceau, great time as always. I gotta go renew my passport because I'm ready to go to Montreal for a second time, uh, but if not Montreal, we gotta start booking our next boy trip for 2024 if not sooner than that can't wait all right brother have an awesome one i'll talk to you soon later adios